Welcome to Nighttime. I'm Dave Wager, your host. For the next half hour, hopefully we'll talk about things that God could use to have you think through various issues. It's not time for an argument or a debate. It's just time to throw some ideas out there and have us think it through. I always encourage you to read your Bible and know what the Bible says and use that as the basis of your absolute truth. All the rest of the things in life are things. They either line up or they don't or they're irrelevant or something. But the Bible is our source for truth. And without it, if we don't know it, we have no source for truth, so we make it up and we get confused. I'm coming to you from the studios here at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute, where I've had the privilege of serving for many years. I was reading an article, and I want to focus on this tonight, if we can, uh, that the World Economic Forum annual meeting stressed that was basically a report by the Global Risks Report um, of 2024. The idea of global risks got my attention. They said there were three major areas that the world was going to be in danger with if if it didn't get under control. So I want to talk about those three and possibly how we as believers can do something about it rather than just shrug our shoulders and say it's a mess. The very first problem that they say exists is the idea of misinformation and disinformation. I thought about that for a little bit and I realized that you and I need to be in a position where we refuse to listen to false information. We need to hear truth not gossip. All the way through the Bible, we're warned about those who gossip. See, they, they talk about what somebody else is thinking or doing or what they're involved in from their perspective. Gossip is always a sin. It's always wrong. It's easy to get involved in. But Satan is the father of lies. He's the one who manipulates words so that you and I believe something that's not true. Satan's really good at lying. Anyone that's good at lying makes you believe what they say is true, even though what they're saying is a lie. And Satan is great at it. We always have to have somewhere where we can go to check out the most important things in life. For example, I'm not confused in this day and age on what gender's all about. I know that God created male and female and that he has a plan for the family. One man, one woman and they should be committed to each other for life. I understand the things that God put in his word, and no matter what the culture says, they're not right. Not if they go against what God has said. You see, Satan, being the father of lies, will try and make it so that somehow the lie is acceptable. We have to be very careful to understand that the foundational truths of life that are given to us in God's word are not going to change. In any culture, at any time in history, they're going to remain the same. Let me read from this report to you. 
Manipulated and falsified information is now the most severe short-term risk the world faces, according to the Global Risks Report 2024. Over the next two years, misinformation and disinformation will present one of the biggest ever challenges to the democratic process. Almost 3 billion people are due to take part in elections across the world. Voters in Bangladesh, India, Indonesia, Mexico, Pakistan, the United Kingdom, and the United States are due to vote. Misinformation and disinformation may radically disrupt the electoral process in several economies. This disruption, according to the report, could trigger civil unrest and confrontation. It will also lead to growing distrust of media and government sources. Misinformation and disinformation will also deepen polarized views in societies where political opinion is already entrenched. The risk presented by misinformation and disinformation is magnified by the widespread adoption of generative AI to produce what is known as synthetic content. This ranges from deep fake videos, voice cloning, and the production of counterfeit websites. Regulators are acting to create new laws to control the misuse of AI, but the speed of the technology is advancing is likely to outpace the regulatory process. You know, as I look at that, disinformation and misinformation is exactly what the Bible's talking about when it says that Satan is the father of all lies. He doesn't want us to see the truth because when you live in the context of the truth, you're going to be healthy. If you live in the context of lies and misinformation or disinformation, you're not going to be healthy. You're going to be confused. When a nation or a population is confused, they act confused. When you act confused, you can't do anything. You stand there and wonder what you should do because you don't know what to do. The Bible has every important issue outlined clearly. It starts in the beginning. In the beginning, God. Not in the beginning, Dave. And in the beginning, God created. Not in the beginning, Dave created. But God did. He's the one we listen to. He's the one that is in charge of the universe. He is the only God, the only God there will ever be, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. That's who he is. I will always be Dave, the one that was created by him. When I go to the scriptures and I realize that, then I go back to the scriptures to understand what God created and how he created it. And once I understand that, I can put myself in the context of the creation that God has made. I'm not the one to decide things. I am the one to respond to what God has already done. He makes it very simple that I was created to love, to love God and to love other people. I wasn't created to use God and use other people. I wasn't created to love the earth. I wasn't created to love things that I should use and use things that I should love. Once I really understand that God loves, I can live in the context of his love. Some might say, well, why is there pain and suffering? Well, because God loves. Whenever you love, you have to give 
whoever you love a choice. Otherwise, you've got a robot that's not capable of loving. Robotic love is not love. It's just programmed. My choices are given to me by God. Those are a gift that he gives to me. When I make the right choice in the context of the way that I was and am created, I live at peace, both with God and with others. There is a way that things are meant to be. Satan will work on that over and over again and try and get us to base decisions based on our feelings, our emotions, on popularity, on majority vote, or whatever it might be. We need to realize that Satan is somebody who schemes and is doing all he can to try and destroy any truth because the truth actually sets you free. As I look into the scriptures, I see different ways that I can avoid mis- and disinformation. First of all, I need to know what the scriptures say. I hope that all of you are committed to reading the Bible through every year. It's not that hard to do. Know what God's Word says. And when you go to God's Word, you don't go to it to try and prove a point or to try and prove yourself right. You go to the Bible to try and discover what truth is and then look at your life and see if your life measures up with the truth that you've discovered. If not, then we need to change. We don't change what God is saying. We change our lives. Misinformation and disinformation usually starts with things like, don't you think God would be like this? Or don't you think whatever you and I think is irrelevant to what actually is, unless we think about it in terms of the way it really is. You and I need to get to the point where we begin to practice in the simplicity of our life, finding out truth. Instead of getting our information maybe online or from social media platforms, we need to look at one another, talk to one another, human to human, face to face. We need to get back to doing the things that give us reality and not just a pretense of reality. There are so many young people today who don't even have a life. By that I mean they, they have watched others in movies or YouTube or on social media do things, but they're doing nothing. They're watching others, and they're living vicariously through what somebody else does. If you're constantly living vicariously through what other people do, then you're not doing anything. You're just watching them do something. I think the best thing we can do with the young people today is turn off all the electronics, turn off the televisions and the phones and the iPads and anything else that we have, and go outside and play. Go outside and discover things. Go out and create things. Go out and discover what God has put there and play in the the wonderful outdoors. If it's winter, use the snow and do all kinds of things. Cross-country ski and sled and skate. If it's summer, go hiking and fishing and all the other stuff that comes with it. We need to go back to having real relationships and doing real things and creating memories with one another. When I read the scriptures, I see that we can learn who God is and we can abide in who he is and in that prove 
that we're stable in life because of the truth that sets us free. John 8, 31 to 32 says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, now these are ones who have believed in him, he said, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But Jesus is saying, you know, I, I understand you say that you believe. I think that could be said of many of those who are called believers today. It is said that you believe. So Jesus said to him, who had believed in him, if, and that if is a big word, if you abide in my word, if you actually think about it and do it, if you actually allow my word to be the guiding force in your life, if you abide in my word, then you're my disciple. If you know the truth and you listen to the truth, you're my disciple. And here's what happens if you do abide in his word and you do act as God's disciple then you'll know that what he said is true because you're acting in the context of it. And you will realize that that truth is what sets you free. Today, with all the misinformation and disinformation that's out there, we have trouble knowing what truth is. I think uh, 2 Timothy 3.7 describes the people of our day and age where it says, always learning but never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. You can learn about all kinds of things and still not know the truth. You can learn about what the secular evolutionists are saying about how the world came into existence. You could be the most educated person in the world there and still not know truth. You could be the most sophisticated doctor on the planet and still not know truth. You can be a great philosopher and still not know truth. You can know history of the world and of nations back and forth. You could you could be considered one of the most brilliant people in the world and still not know the truth. You know what I found out about truth? It's, it's rather simple. You don't have to be somebody who's a genius to understand truth. Oh, I'm not saying you can't talk about it forever and that it's not profound. Certainly truth oftentimes is so profound you could talk about it for eternity. But truth has two sides to the coin. And the first side is always a simple side. Don't complicate it. There is a God. I'm not him. I'm Dave. That's pretty simple when you think about it. But the, the profoundness of that, the thought process that will go into that, and, and the way that I adjust my life because of that is incredible. There is a God. There's a creator and a sustainer of the world. See, I can get that. That's a pretty simple truth. Now, we could talk about what that means forever in the profound side. But once again, it's the truth that sets you free. I don't need to understand everything and all the ramifications that come along with the truth. For example, as I say, there is a God and I'm not him. I get that. But then I'm admitting there is one. And as I call God the creator and sustainer of life, okay, that, that makes sense, and it's simple, and I get that. How does he create life? See, now that's the part that we could talk about forever. Not only that, because God is so big and so beyond my comprehension, I need to let it go. I may never understand all that he does. 
God never claims that you and I will understand how he does everything. We may not understand why he does everything. What we would understand is that he does it because he loves, because that's who he is. That doesn't mean we grasp all the details that are going forth. It means that we trust in his character, and that's different. If we're going to be those who are free with the truth, we need to be those who abide in the truth. And you start with the simple. Think about how simple a lot of the truth is. In the beginning, God, God created the heavens and the earth. He created male and female. Look what we've done to that and how we've complicated that. It doesn't need to be complicated. It's simple. He created relationships. He created man and woman to be different, and he created us to be able to commit to one another. And in that commitment, he has allowed us to reproduce and have children who can live in a family where there's stability. See, that those are good things. Now, we could talk about the ramifications of that forever, and we can talk about the profoundness of what the family is and the genders and how they're different. And we can focus on all that. But let's make sure we grab the simple first. It's a simple thing to know that God is in charge, that he created things in a particular manner, and that we get to respond to him. He gave man and woman choice because he loves. And he warned the original man and woman, Adam and Eve, that if you chose to sin, there would be a death penalty for that, a separation from God. And Eve was deceived, and she gave in, and so did Adam. And there is a death penalty because of that. And that's why Jesus came down to this earth to become the death penalty in my place. Because God said disobedience would mean that. I don't find the most important truths in the Bible very difficult to understand at all. Satan, through misinformation and disinformation, I think, tries to get us to the point where we're confused. There's nothing confusing about what I just said. If you are confused by it, then you're trying to mix the the profound with the simple. Go back there and unscramble it all. There's a simple that you got to grasp first. Nobody understands E equal MC squared before they understand 1 plus 1 is 2. Understand the simple first. Perhaps in your life, God will give you guidance to understand some of the profound. Perhaps some of the profound and is so profound that we'll never understand it. I have no idea. See, I'm not the creator. I'm the created. I get to live in the context of the way God made me. I'm not always sure of that either. Oh, I do know some things, and I rejoice in those things. Every morning I can watch the sunrise. I'm up at that time. I can rejoice in the fact that my Heavenly Father had the sun come up again. That's the simple. The profound? How does that all happen, and how does it fit into the universe, and how big is the universe? That's stuff I may never understand. 
But once again, I don't ignore the simple so I can try and know the profound. We are people who seem to always be learning but never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth. Again, that's 2 Timothy 3, 7. I wanted to read Psalm 25 just because as I was thinking about these things, Psalm 25 came to mind. So let me read it to you. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exalt over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth nor my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Who is man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. His soul shall abide in well-being, and his offspring shall inherit the land. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. Turn to me, and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distress. Consider my afflictions and my trouble, and forgive all my sins. Consider how many are my foes, and with what violent hatred they hate me. O oh, guard my soul, and deliver me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Redeem Israel, O oh God, out of all his troubles. It's an interesting psalm as it goes through when it talks about coming to God and asking God to let me know his ways in verse 4. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. That's what we need to do is have the mind frame where we come to God and ask him to teach. You know, the Bible promises that if we seek him, we find him. If we look for God, he doesn't hide. He wants us to know the truth. Satan would love us to be confused. If you are confused today, it's because you are taking too many voices into your head and giving them too much credence. When you read the scriptures and you allow that to be your authority, you have one voice. 
When you have several voices, we tend to compromise what we know. Years ago, I had a friend whose wife died very unexpectedly and very early in life and left him with several children to raise on his own. As we talked, he shared his grief, and rightfully so, as he missed his wife terribly and really didn't understand what God was doing. But I'll never forget what he did. He decided to go and lock himself in a motel room with his Bible and start in the book of Genesis and read the Bible through cover to cover throughout his grief. And he did that. When he was finished, I remember talking to him again. He was okay. Well, the sadness was still there. The sadness will always be there. The idea that now you live the rest of your life and your children live without their mother on this earth. That's certainly something to be sad about. The hopelessness wasn't there. He had plenty of hope. Knowing that one day they would be reunited again in eternity. That was a good thing. But the Bible was the input that he chose to have. Oh, you could go to Ann Landers. You can go to internet and find out what people have to say. You can go to other people and find out what they have to say. But the most important in this universe to listen to is God Almighty. His word is a rock. He's the one you want to be by. He's the one you want to be in the shadow of. Because he's the only one that has answers for you. He's the only one that can comfort. Truth is the most important aspect of life that you can that you can know. And you and I need to live in the truth. Therefore, there is a great danger right now in the world because there is so much disinformation and misinformation. And the more we see, the more dangerous times we are in. The truth is the only thing that sets us free. I'm finding it amazing as I travel and speak and talk to people who are coming here to Silver Birch Ranch or Nicolet Bible Institute, how cautious everybody is to try and give credence to everybody's opinion. Don't we realize that everybody's opinion should not count the same? It's not that everybody doesn't have an opinion. It's that everybody's opinion should not count the same. I am not one who understands anything about mechanical things. If your car breaks down, if your tractor breaks down, or whatever you're riding is not working, I'm not the one to come to. That doesn't mean I don't have an opinion about what you should do. It means that my opinion should be counted less than somebody who actually knows mechanical skills. Likewise, if you have a medical issue, it wouldn't be that I didn't have an opinion about your medical issue. But if you are sitting next to a doctor who is a specialist in the area that you're wondering about, and you're sitting next to me, and you ask me my opinion, I could give it to you. But I immediately would understand that my opinion is just that. 
I have nothing to back it up. I have no education. I have I have nothing in this world that says my opinion should be even listened to compared to a doctor who has studied for years what I just gave an opinion about in moments. See, I think there comes a time where you and I have to realize that we don't listen to everybody's opinions. We listen to the opinions of those who actually know God and spend time in his word and love God. However, if their opinion goes against anything that is in God's word, then we disregard it because it's misinformation or disinformation. Opinions are not the basis of truth. Only God's word is his Holy Spirit. Jesus is truth. He's the truth. The life. He's the only one. You need to know what God's word says, and that's your greatest defense during this time of misinformation and disinformation. Well, I thank you for listening again to Nighttime. Not sure what part of the world you're in or what time of the day you listen to it. But I'm thankful that we've had these moments where we can point to who God is and have you reestablish the idea that truth comes from God alone. I'm Dave Wager here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. Good night for now.